Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and a very good evening. Welcome to the airways of uh, the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and you're with myself, Muhammad Zain Machit. The program, of course, as we do every Thursday evening, is of course a Q&A on the Voice of the Cape. And uh, as always, you are more than welcome to send through your SMSs on 47913. That is, send through your questions via the SMS line on 47913. Unfortunately, we won't be attending to those SMSs this evening. It will stand over for next week. Inshallah. But on the line, answering all of our questions, none other than the Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khairan, brother Mawad Zain. Barakallah fikum. Well, and as I said, uh, we will, you're welcome to send us your SMSs uh, to 47903, but we will not be attending to those SMSs. And our very first question this evening uh, to Mufti, uh, of course, it says, Mufti, are we as Muslims allowed to take out life insurance? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. Amma ba'd. All praise is due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Life insurance, there is consensus among the jurists and scholars, is not permissible. And the reason why it is not permissible is, there is interest, there is gambling, game of chance, so many reasons. Therefore, in Islam, it will be considered as not permissible. And if a person has already taken out a policy, then the amount of premiums you have paid, for example, 100,000, and the payout is 1 million, then the 100,000 will go into the estate, and the 900,000 should go to charity. So that is what needs to be done. Shukran, of course, the voice of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. Now, Mufti, can one read Quran and du'as at makru times of sunrise? When a person reads Quran Sharif while the sun is rising or while the sun is setting or at the zenith, likewise, if a person is making du'a at those times, it is totally permissible. There's no problem in that. In fact, in Tirmidhi Sharif, it is mentioned that after Fajr Salat, if a person remains there and makes the zikr of all, Allah, till the sun rises and you wait for 15 minutes or so, and then you read the two rakat Salat, then that person gets the reward, Hajjatun wa Umratun Tamma, 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 meaning that uh, you get a complete reward of Hajj and Umrah. So it's obvious the person will be reading Quran or making Dua and Zikr, and during the sunrise time, so totally permissible. And this question says, Mufti, is there such a thing where a woman can provoke the husband to beat her up, and now I'm blamed for staying around in this relationship? Remember that the husband and wife is a partnership. Even if the wife provokes the husband, then the husband does not have the right to beat her up and assault her. Wife bettering, assaulting is absolutely haram in Islam. Let us look at the Quran and Sunnah. In Quran Kareem, Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse 19, Almighty Allah teaches us, وَعَاشِرُوا هُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ you, the husband, you must treat your wife with love, equity, and justice. The hadith of Mustafa, Nabi Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, khayrukum, khayrukum li ahalikum, wa ana khayrukum li ahali. The best of you are the best of you to your wives and your children. I, Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the best of my, to my wives and my children. The hadith in Mishkat Sharif. 
if you've already beaten up your wife and assaulted her, you must go and apologize to her and ask her therefore to forgive you. Likewise, you, the wife, must ask apology of your husband and say that you did not mean to provoke him and so forth. So give one another chance and opportunity, forgive, and inshallah look forward. But remember, if this is going to continue, then it's best for that wife to walk out of that marriage. Shukran indeed, Mufti. Uh, next question. It says, Salam Mufti, my husband goes and plays dominoes every weekend and comes home just before Fajr. Isn't this haram? What should I do as a wife? Obviously, what your husband is doing is haram because the night time is the wife's time and he's telling you he's going to play dominoes. Maybe he's playing other kind of dominoes also. Only all Allah knows. So remember that he comes just before Fajr. So 90% it will mean that Isha is not going to read Salat. And likewise, Fajr Salat, he won't be, be sleeping because all night he was out. So definitely that is unacceptable. And he's doing this on a weekly basis according to your question. So to me, it seems to be some hanky-panky business. Either with his friends who are not really concerned very much about Salat and Islam, or he is with some lady or some masters, Allah forbid. Allah alone knows best. Shukran indeed. Uh, as I said earlier on, you're more than welcome to send through your SMSs to the number 47913. But those SMSs will only be attended to in our program next week, inshallah. For now, next question. It says, Mufti, how do I start a sof? And what is Mufti's opinion on the opening of the kashaf? We must remember that the question was on the sof. Is that correct? Yes, Mufti. Right. We must remember that we should be reading Surah Jumu'ah, that is Surah 62 and verse 2, and then we see the functions of Mustafa, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yatlu alayhim ayatihi, Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had to teach them how to read the Qur'an Kareem, wa yuzakihim, and then to purify them. So the terminology of the Qur'an is tazkiyah. Tazkiyah means to purify them externally and internally. And that is what ulama nowadays call tasawwuf, where you cleanse yourself from pride, jealousy, hatred, malice. And remember, Qur'an Kareem speaks of this in various verses. Qad aflaha man Qad aflaha man Indeed, that person is successful who has purified his soul and body and everything. So it shows that this is an integral part of Iman. Regarding kash, kash means to see the unseen. For example, a person goes to the grave and then he sees that person being punished or that person enjoying the life of barzakh and the life hereafter. Or a person sees the water where a person performs wudu and then he says you committed that sin. But remember that kashf is not a dalil, is not evidence and proof in Islam. And in this day and this age, people need to be very careful because many a time people will exploit this and they could cause so much harm to the people who are married and so forth and so on. So therefore, it is something we need to exercise great caution. Shukran indeed. Uh, the program Q&A uh, on uh, The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. We're going to pay the bills. When we come back, we continue with the program Q&A. The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo.
Welcome back uh, to the Airways of uh, the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and we continue now with our program Q&A and our next question it says uh, Mufti I would like to know why are there no photos or paintings or pictures etc of our beloved Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam a non-Muslim asked me this question and also wanted to know whether it was a request of the Prophet himself that there should be no paintings or pictures of him First and foremost, let us go to the Noble Qur'an itself and see when you study the history of Kufr and Shirk, then you will find this is exactly what happened in the time of Nabi Nuh alayhi salatu salam. The people were pious and then slowly, slowly they moved away. And then we find that they took their pious people and started making drawings and so forth, like how we have today people make, you know, sculptures and all these type of things. So they would then speak to one another and say, Surah Nuh, Surah 71, and verse number 23. So all Allah is telling us that they were the people to say, don't leave your gods, your deities, and do not leave Wad and Suwah and Yahuz and Yahuq and Nasra. These were pious people, but they made different, different shapes and symbols and signs of them, and then the one generation came, started venerating them, respecting them. Next generation, Mekiruku, third generation, started making Sajda, then they start considering them as demigods, semigods. Mustafa, Nabi Muhammad, sallallahu mission and message was Tawheed. La ilaha illallah. La ma'abuda bihaqqin illallah. Truly none is worthy of worship but all Allah. And hence Mustafa, sallallahu objected for other people as well. And more so for himself. La tadkhulul malaikatu baytan fihi suratun. That the malaika and angels of mercy don't enter the room or the house where there are animate objects. So therefore in Islam, the hadith in Bukhari Sharif, so therefore in Islam to draw an image or a cartoon or whatever of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam is absolutely haram and not permissible because it will be against the very teachings of the master, rahmatulil alameen sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself. The Mufti, I am mocked by my uncle's wife to ask for her children what to do because I'm not yet expecting or pregnant. And all her children is expecting, although it took the one 14 years uh, of his daughter-in-law to fall pregnant. And now uh, even we made dua to conceive and now she mocks those who are not yet hamil or pregnant Mufti. What do I say to them? Obviously, what they are doing is totally not permissible for you. You are married, and obviously it is your dream that you want to have children. So read the following three verses that I'm giving you. Make it write notes and make write it down. Number one, Surah 21, verse 89. Surah 21, Surah Anbiya, verse 89. The dua of Nabi Zakaria, alayhi salatu salam. Rabbi la tadarni farda. O Almighty Allah, don't leave me alone. You are the best one to grant the A's, O Almighty Allah. Surah 21, verse 89. Then the second dua, Surah 3, Surah Al-Imran, verse 38. 
ربي هب لي من لدنك ذرية طيبة إنك سميع الدعاء O oh, beloved Allah, grant me from your side pious and good offspring. Verily, you are the one who listens to the dua and supplication. And the third dua will be for you, your husband, and inshallah, the progeny and children to come. Surah 25, verse 74. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata ayun. O oh Allah, grant us such spouses and children and offspring that the coolness of the eyes. Surah 25, verse 74. Regarding these other ladies and so forth, they are mocking you. They forgot some of them. It took 14 years for her to fall pregnant. And even if she didn't fall pregnant after 14 years, still it is haram to mock you. All Allah makes mention of this in the Noble Quran, Surah 49, Surah Hujurat, verse number 11. All Maitallah Jalla states, Wala nisa'um min nisa'in, asa'ayyakunna khayram minhun. It is not permissible for a group of ladies or an individual lady to mock another lady or ladies. Perhaps the person, the lady you are mocking is greater and better than you in the eyes of all Allah. So therefore what they are doing is not permissible. You continue cementing your marriage with your husband, read abundant istighfar, and inshallah all Allah will bless you with a bundle of joy very soon inshallah. I mean inshallah. The voice of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein here on uh, 91.3 FM with myself Muhammad Zain Majid taking your questions via SMS on 479 one three but remember as i said those questions will only be attended to next week inshallah our next question says i'm 43 years old uh, do i have to pay zakah on pension that will only be available when i retire at the age of 60 mufti the money that is not in your possession as yet it is in a bank account or there by your employer and so forth so now you don't have to pay zakat on it only when you receive it and then you say zakat is compulsory so in the meantime you don't have to worry about that amount inshallah when it comes into your possession into your ownership then the question of zakat will arise then zakat will be compulsory mufti i just want to know if the husband has the right to live by his mother and not his wife and his mother let him do all the haram things uh, and his mother is um and dresses in front of him naked, and if his wife says something, then his mother cover up for him. Is this right, Mufti? Obviously, all this is haram. Between mother and son, there must be haya, shame, and modesty for the mother to dress naked in front of her son. The both parties are guilty for the mother for being the nude and for the son to look at his mother. Remember, it's a shameful, disgraceful situation. Both parties are guilty. The sadhas, that husband, the son now of that lady is guilty. He's not spending the nights and the time with his wife, but he's spending time there by his mother. And it seems that his mother is encouraging him to continue with vices, maybe with other ladies or Allah alone knows what's going on. But definitely all these parties are doing harm things. The father-mother's job and function was, as mentioned in the Noble Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu ku anfusakum wa ahalikum nara. Oh, you believe, save yourself and save your children from the fire. Yea, it seems that the mother and the son want to send one another to Jahannam, Allah forbid, and the fire. Surah 66, verse number 6, that is I quoted. And remember that you, sister, when your husband comes back, 
then you need to have a heart-to-heart talk with him, start ta'alim in your house, give him another chance. But if he does not want to change, he wants to continue with his haram activities, then it's better for you to apply for a talaq or fasakh if he does not want to give you talaq, because if he's busy with other women, Allah forbid, then you might get AIDS or sexually transmitted diseases, and your life will then be finished as well. So remember, these are the options open to you. Shukran, indeed. Uh, that's uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain and, of course, uh, 91.3 FM. What we're going to do now is quickly pay the bills. When we come back, we continue with the program Q&A on The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Welcome back. We continue with our program Q&A on The Voice of the Cape. On the line, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain answering all of your questions that we have really received. And of course, uh, still taking SMSs to the number 47913. But remember, those SMSs are charged at 150. But we will only attend to those questions in our next program. That will be next week, inshallah. Up to our next uh, question, uh, gentleman uh, SMSs. He says, uh, Mufti, I'm really starting to think that my wife is not 100% normal um, she's moaning all the time is this how women go on mufti <laughs> remember it is give and take situation sometimes the woman they bipolar and sometimes the men are also bipolar sometimes they are moody because of their hormones you know they have their menses or their menopause is going to start and therefore they are very very moody so that is something normal in many many ladies my advice to you, brother, is this, that you and your wife, when you are in a good mood, not in front of the children, when you're alone, then discuss these issues. Tell her, oh, darling, sometimes you are the best wife in the world, but sometimes you blow your fuse and you confuse me in the process, and then it just destroys the good that we were building. So that is how, and then both of you turn towards the Qibla, raise your hands, make dua to Almighty Allah. Ya Wadud, Ya Wadud, Ya Wadud. Ya Allah, you are the one who brings the love, so enhance the love in this marriage, increase our understanding, and Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina ayun. So if you read that, inshallah, then your hearts will be united, there will be unity on thought. On a lighter note, my brother, I'll tell you a story. One person went to a person's shop and asked him, what you doing? It seems you're killing flies. He said, yes. He asked him, how many flies you kill? He said, 11. He said, seven were female and four were male. So I asked him how you knew. So he said that the seven were sitting on the phone. So he killed them. That's the female. And four were sitting on the table. That was the male. <laughs> the lesson I want to share with you, my dear brother, remember the woman, 90%, 80%, they love to talk, 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 talk. They don't give you a chance. So that is definitely normal in women. 
Shukri indeed, uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain. On to our next uh, uh, question. It says, uh, I just had a lady wanting a talaq. She, she says her husband is mommy's boy, but I think she's very jealous of her mother-in-law, the way she spoils her son. Can Mufti please give some advice? If the husband is fulfilling all her rights, that is, he is giving her shelter, the food, the clothing, treating her with love and respect, and he listens to his mother and he makes time for his mother, so that's very, very good. And if you, sister, now are feeling insecure, we answer the questions as we receive them, and maybe you are jealous of your mother-in-law, so that will be unfounded grounds, and you have no basis to request a talaq then. Rather, you should be grateful that your husband spends time with you, then during the daytime or weekend, sometimes he goes to his mother, takes care of her, instead of going to haram places and so forth. You should make shukr to all, Allah. You're not in a competition with your mother-in-law. Rather, you should say that you go to your mother and you must encourage that so that when he also when you want to go to your mother sometimes and occasionally then he will also give you permission to go there so it's a give and take situation you should not ask for talaq and divorce in this case now mufti if i have four daughters can i divide my estate whatever i own while i am still alive Remember, brother, your question is incomplete. We don't know who else there is, but let's take it on face value. It's you, the husband, and the wife, so mean the parents, then you got four daughters. So my advice to you, if you have no sons and you don't have your parents, then make five shares in your lifetime. Tell your darling wife 20% for you. Tell your four daughters 20, 20, 20%, and you give it to them 20, 20% each. They take possession of it. You don't make conditions, then fine, everything is alles is recht, and there's no problem. But if you're giving it to them, but you're going to make conditions, or you give it to them, but they don't take possession, then that will not be valid in Islam. Next question, it says, Salam, I'm married for 14 years. A house that I had built and renovated, everything from A to Z, is just in my husband's name. I only found this out when I phoned the bank and heard that he registered the house in his uh, name only, Mufti. Obviously, what your husband has done, he has betrayed your trust and deceived you. Mustafa Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man ghashana falaysa minna. People who deceive us are not of us. This is authentic hadith mentioned in Sahih Muslim. So in a case like that, you've got two options. Option number one, you speak to your husband and tell him the house is worth one million rand and you put your money, everything you went 50-50, then he must reimburse you, pay you your half a million, or he must go and re-register the house and put it on both your names 50-50 equally and jointly as they say. He's not prepared to do all this. Then you've got two, three other options. Option number one will be you go to the local imams and sheikhs or the MJC and tell them to come there and they must be the arbitrators in this matter and pass a decision. Second one, he doesn't want that, then you get the lawyers involved. If he doesn't want that, then tell him, then we will go to court and fight this thing out in court. So that is a very bad way to solve a problem because it will cost both parties a lot of money. So my advice will be that rather let sanity prevail and tell your husband to pay you out whatever you invested or he must include your name. So let sanity prevail and not be greed overtake us. 
Shukran Mufti. And uh, going on to our next question, it says, Can Mufti please explain Surah 16, verse 89? That's Surah 16, verse 89. Sorry, Muhammad Zain, the line went a bit dead. dead. Just repeat the reference again, please. Our next question is, of course, uh, it says, Can Mufti please explain Surah 16? That's Surah 16, verse 89. Okay, we let's get the question first. We're speaking about Surah 16, right? And verse 89? Verse 89, Mufti. Okay. So Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla tells us in Surah 16 and verse 89, so the verse is where Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla tells us, وَيَوْمَ نَبْأَثُ فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ شَهِيدًا عَلَيْهِمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَجِئِنَا بِكَ شَهِيدًا عَلَاهَا on the day of justice, Almighty Allah will call all the Ummah and people, and the Nabi of that time, Nabi Nuh alayhi salam for his people, Nabi Musa alayhi salam for his people, Nabi Isa, Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam for their respective people. And wajina bika shahida, and we'll bring you, Ya Rasulullah, to testify against them, against your Ummah. And therefore, we must remember, we should beg, Allahumma zukhna shafaatan Nabi sallallahu sallam. Ya Allah, grant us the intercession of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi sallam. Then the second part of this verse, Surah 16 and verse number 89, وَنَزَّلْنَا عَلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ تِبِيَانًا لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ We have revealed this Quran as an explanation for everything. For everything here doesn't mean that everything is in the Qur'an, where is the rakats of the Salat mentioned, where is so many other things that you must be on the ninth of Zilhijjah and Arafat. So it shows that Tibiyan al means the principles that are mentioned, not the details. It is a source of guidance and a mercy. And glad tidings for the believers. So that basically is the meaning of that verse. Shukran, indeed, as I've mentioned earlier on, you can SMS us your questions to the number 47913. But remember, those questions will only be dealt with in our next program, inshallah. Moving uh, on to our next question, it said, Mufti, my mom passed away and her will stated that if my dad sells any of the property they owned, her share, which is 50%, how should it now be divided? Okay, yeah, the way the question has been posed is this. We need to just clarify the question first. That when a husband and wife were married, then they were married community of property because it seems they were 50-50. So if they agreed on that, that they will be partners in everything. So Islamically, it's fine if both parties reach an amicable mutual agreement. Now when she passed away, only her share, so I mean 50% of the estate now, so that will be now distributed. Now it must be distributed according to Islam. So the husband will receive 25% from the wife's share. And the remainder will go to the children. And we don't know how many children they are. So let's say there are two sons, two daughters. So you will make six shares of that remainder share. And four shares will go to the two sons, two to each. And one one share to the two daughters. So that is how the estate will be distributed. Shukran Mufti. On to our next question. Uh, It says, uh, the day that I got married, a lady says that I know my husband was a very quiet uh, gentleman. But now after 20 years of marriage, he's very serious and quiet. He almost shows no emotion towards the children. Is there anything that I can recite or, or do to make him happier or maybe smile more, Mufti? 
You need to do three things, my sister. Number one is discuss this issue with your husband and tell him that you are in this marriage, but now the marriage, after so many years, is becoming a stale marriage. Let us keep it hubbly bubbly, meaning that I'm not saying what take hubbly bubbly, I mean let us keep it active and so forth, bring the glitter back to it and so forth. So how are we going to do that? So you need to do the following two, three things, sister. One is mutual discussion, dialogue. Number two, start ta'aleem in your house. Daily for five, ten minutes, read Riyadhus Salihin, the famous book there in Cape Town as well, by Allama Nawawi, Rahimahullah. You get the English translation as well, so you can read that. Number three is this. Both of you should now write down that these are our likes, these are our dislikes, and let us try meeting one another halfway at least. So you all need to turn the whole thing around. And remember for you, O oh Father, you can't be showing that you have a no-care attitude towards your children. It is your children. So you must show love. You must show emotions. You must hug them. You must kiss them, embrace them, tell them, motivate them for their school and madrasa. All that is your duty, O oh Father. Shukran indeed. Mufti, our next question says, Mufti, has it only been mentioned in hadith, uh, the benefits of honey, or is it also mentioned in the Quran? Can Mufti maybe just spend a minute of the importance of honey that the Prophet has emphasized on? Remember, regarding honey, there is a verse in the Noble Quran as well, Fihi shifa'ul linnas. So Almighty Allah Azza spoke about it being shifa and cure for humanity. So therefore, Surah An-Nahl, the, the Surah itself speaks of the bee. And there Almighty Allah Azza tells us about the benefit of the honey and so forth. So remember, Nabi alayhi salatu salam spoke of it in the Hadith. And remember in the Quran also it is, I read the verse for you, Surah An-Nahl, chapter number 16. And ثُمَّ كُلِي مِنْ كُلِّ الثَّمَرَاتِ فَاسْلُكِي سُبُلَ رَبِّكِ ذُلُلَا يَخْرُجُ مِنْ بُطُونِ عَشَرَاب From the belly and stomach of the bee, you find that the liquid comes out different, different shades and colors. فِيهِ شِفَاءُ لِلنَّاسِ And this cure for people in that. So, إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَةً لِقَوْمِ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ There are signs of for people in this who wonder, reflect and ponder. Surah 16, verse number 69. And remember, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, عَلَيْكُمْ بِشِفَاءِينَ That you must use the two shifa. What is it? Tilawatil Qur'an. Wal-asal. That use the tilawat of Qur'an, meaning make abundant the recitation and use honey. So without a shadow of doubt, remember honey is a cure. We need to have the conviction. Not only sometimes we drink it or we eat it and so forth, but even if you've got scars and you've got pains on your body, you can take a little bit of honey and just smear it and apply it. You will see it works wonders. Insha'Allah, shukran indeed. The voice of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein on uh, The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. We're going to pay the bills. We continue after this. The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Step. Welcome back uh, to the airways of uh, The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM uh, with myself, Mohammed Zaid Majid, and the Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein answering all of your questions. Uh, next question it says Mufti, is my salah valid if I am still busy performing it? when the adhan of the next waqt really goes off. Remember when you are performing your salat, for example, of Zuhur, and the asr adhan goes, so it means that that salat was performed qaza. 
Qadha means out of time. You started in Zuhur time, but you ended in Asr time. So therefore, we should try and start our Salat in that particular time and end it in that time, that is Ada. And not delay our Salat, that the next Salat already starts. So that is the sign of Nifaq and hypocrisy and so forth. So in a case like that, your Salat would be valid, but remember it is sinful because you delayed it so much, but the Salat would be valid. Now, Mufti, my cousin recently turned her back on Islam. How do you handle such a person in a company? I really dread family get-togethers, Mufti. Okay, yeah, there are three parts to the question. That person there was a Muslim. Allah forbid, Allah forbid. He or she then became an apostate, a murtad, murtadda. They left the fall of Islam. So you, the family, get some sheikh, get some imam who has quite a bit of knowledge, and mashallah, take the sheikh there, let him speak to that lady or the brother, try and remove all the objections and what have you. And if that person re-enters the fall of Islam, then find our brother, sister again. But if he or she remains on the irtida, then apostate and murtad, murtadda, then you, the family, is compulsory upon you to excommunicate and boycott that person. You cannot be sharing the same table with that person, doing business with that person, greeting that person. You must cut that person off totally from your people's life. As a family, all of you, Alhubbulillah walbughzulillah, we love for all, my Allah's sake, and we hate for all, my Allah's sake as well. Shukran indeed. On to our next question. As a Mufti, should one understand uh, the ayat in the Quran? I don't have the clear reference, uh, says the SMS line, but uh, where Allah speaks about the shuhada, that verily they are alive and Allah feeds them. And certainly the, the, the category and the standard of the Nabi is even higher than this. How should one understand this, Mufti? Remember all, Mithya Allah, Azawajallah speaks of them in various places in the Noble Quran. وَلَا تَقُولُوا لِمَنْ يُقْتَلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَمْوَاتِ Do not say regarding those people who were killed in the path of all Almighty Allah that they are dead. بَلْ أَحْيَاءٌ وَلَا كِلَّا تَشْعُرُونَ But they are alive. All Almighty Allah honors them. But you, human being, you will not understand and comprehend it. Surah 2, Surah Baqarah, verse number 154. Similarly, Almighty Allah Azawajalla speaks of them yet in another place. وَلَا تَحْسَبَنَّ الَّذِينَ قُتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ You should not think and consider for a moment those people who were murdered and killed. In the path of Almighty Allah, they are dead. بَلْأَحْيَاهُنْ إِنَّ رَبِّمْ يُرْزَقُونَ But they are alive, they were Almighty Allah, and they are given risk. Almighty Allah honors them. فَرِحِينَ بِمَا آتَاهُمُ اللَّهُ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ they are rejoicing, very happy that what all Allah has given them due to His grace and mercy. So if this is the way of Mashuhada and Martyrs, that they are in alam barzakh Barzakh means in Cape Town you've got the two oceans, and between there there's a barrier, the Indian and Atlantic Ocean. So they are in that world. We don't know what's happening with them, but all Allah informs us, yes, you are 100% correct, the rank and status of Anbiya prophets is much superior and greater and therefore we the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah believe that that verily the land and the sand does not devour and eat up the bodies of the prophets and messengers alayhi salam wherever they are buried remember it remains intact and all Allah honors them
Shukran indeed. Uh, the voice there of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Husseini on uh, The Voice of the Cape. Next question, Mufti. It says, can a person go on Umrah before Hajj or should they rather wait and save longer to perform Hajj first? Remember that nowadays, because of the quota system and so forth, so if you have the money to perform the Umrah now and you go now in Rajab or Shaban or Rabiul Awal or whenever Rabiul Akhir or whatever, so in Ramadan, so that's fine, it's totally permissible because you know the quota is only 2,000 and Allah alone knows how many years still it will be, one year, two years, three years, Allah alone knows. So my advice to you will be that you go for your Umrah and inshallah you see Makkah Mukarramah, Madinah Munawrah, you cry and you beg Almighty Allah, Ya Allah, you brought me once and now for Umrah, you brought me to Madinah Munawrah, Ya Allah, bring me time and time again to the Haramain Sharifain and you keep on reading Turaqat Salat, Nafil, Voluntary Salat and you read the verse Surah 2, Surah Baqarah, verse 128, Wa arina manasikana Oh Almighty Allah, you teach us, you show us the places of Umrah and Hajj, and you forgive us, Ya Allah. Indeed, you are of forgiving, very merciful. Surah 2, verse 128. Shukran, indeed. Mufti, uh, just a reminder that all the SMSs that we have received this evening, we will deal with those questions next week, inshallah. So, shukran in advance for all the SMSs that we have received. For now, what we're going to do is we're going to pay the bills. When we come back, we'll be in the last few minutes of our program Q&A. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Welcome back. Uh, we're into the last few minutes of our program Q&A uh, on uh, The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. Mufti, uh, SMS uh, that we've got, it says, uh, my wife uh, doesn't know how to get rid of the neighbor that comes here every single day to our house and she knows all the skinner in the neighborhood, Mufti. I've told my wife, you must get rid of her, tell her in a nice way, but she says she doesn't have the heart to tell this lady, talks whole day about everybody in the community, Mufti. Sister, you must remember you are finding it difficult, but remember because your heart is so good, but you also becoming a guilty party. She comes here with the scanner of whole of Cape Town or half of Cape Town, and you are listening to it. So now she is scannering you listening, so you also become an accomplice in that crime. So imagine what a major crime you are involved in also. So politely, kindly tell her you are very busy, and please she must excuse you and go back home and so forth. Or tell her the husband said that she must not come if you don't want to tell her directly. So you have to put your foot down. And therefore we learned, we learned this dua from Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam regarding neighbors, you know. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-jari su. So, oh Allah, I ask your protection from the evil neighbors. So we ask Almighty Allah for good neighbors and not bad neighbors. So in that way, they Almighty Allah protect you from the shirr and the evil of the evil neighbor. I mean, inshallah. Now, can Mufti please explain how they can still in today be descendants directly from the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? 
Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's children remember the sons passed away in their infancy, whether it was Qasim or Abdullah or Ibrahim radiallahu anhum. The daughters, we must remember, Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam spoke about it and said that the nasab will continue through Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala an, and the hadith is mentioned in Tabarani. So therefore the possibility is there. But we must remember two, three things. It does not mean people come from overseas or local and they say they are the family of Nabi alayhi salatu salam, then we must just accept it. We can ask them that they must show us their shajara and their lineage and their nasab and so forth. Secondly, if they show us that they prove it, fine. But still, it does not mean we must swallow and accept everything they say. A person can belong to the family of Nabi alayhi salatu salam, but if we say something against any of the Sahaba, the beloved companions, radiallahu anhu majma'in, then remember we exclude such people from the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah because now they are speaking against what the Quran taught us and what the Hadith of Nabi alayhi salam taught us. So we need to be very careful in that regard and not just swallow everything. Indeed, our final question for this evening, Mufti, it says, I suffer from bipolar disorder. Uh, I've just been diagnosed recently. So I'm thinking ahead during Ramadan, I won't be able to fast because of the way that I have to take my tablets. What am I to do, Mufti? If this is your condition throughout the year, brother or sister, then remember, if it is all the time, then you fall in the category of Al-Mariz Uddaim, people who are perpetually chronically ill, وَعَلَى الَّذِينَ يُتِيقُونَهُ فِدْيَةٌ تُعَامُ مِسْكِينَ Then you'll have to pay the fidya and the exact amount you can ask the ulama in Cape Town because it changes all the time. And you pay that amount, so in that way you give it to the poor people. Let's say it's 20 rand, for example, so you will give out 6 times 20, so that will be that you know the amount you pay, uh, 6 not uh, times 20 times 30 rather, so that's the amount you will have to pay and give to the poor people for the Ramadan. But if it is temporary, that sometimes you are in a bad condition, sometimes good condition, that's why they call it bipolar sometimes in the South Pole, sometimes North Pole, meaning that the moods. So if you are healthy three months, six months of the year, then you don't pay fidya. Those, those months or those days or those weeks that you are well, then qaza will be compulsory upon you. Inshallah. Shukran indeed, Bufti. That concludes all our questions this evening. We have just about, uh, just under three minutes left for some beautiful nasikha, inshallah. Almighty Allah Jalla Wala tells us in a noble Quran, Allah inna awliya Allahi la khufun alayhim wa lahum yahzanun. Verily, those people who are the pious people, the friends of Almighty Allah, Almighty Allah, la khufun alayhim, there's no fear for them, wa lahum yahzanun, no sadness. Fear is for the future, sadness is to do with the past. Now, who are these people? They have true Iman and they have the quality of Taqwa. One such personality is Sayyidina Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jilani, that he was such a great Waliullah. He was born on the 1st of Ramadan, the year 470 AH. He passed away on 11th Rabiul Akhir in the year 561. He lived for 91 years. He's buried there in Baghdad. 
remember that to do what people do that at the grave of his, I went there, remember that's absolutely haram to make ruku and sajda and all that. But we need to learn about his teachings. He was a humble scholar. And I just give you one incident. One day the shaitan came in the form of some light and told him, Oh, Sayyidina Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jilani, you're such a great waliullah, you don't have to read salat. He said, this is shaitan. When salat was compulsory upon Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, right till the final time, so how can I be exempted? So this is the benefit. When people have the knowledge and they have the wisdom from all, Allah, so read the life history of great, great people like Hazrat Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jilani, rahimahullah, other awliyaullah, and then we will be inspired and try and walk in their footsteps. We follow the teachings of the prophets and messenger, especially Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the awliyaullah, and we also accept the scholars of the four school. So that is what we need to do to remain on the right path. May all Allah Jalla give the tawfiq and the guidance and ability to practice on it. Barakallahu feekum to you, Brother Muhammad Zain, the esteemed listeners of Voice of the Cape. Shukran jazeelan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah to you, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. Allah protect and guide you, inshallah. And of course, from all of us, we are grateful for your services and we greet you until the next time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Please edit it, Muhammad Zain. Just not other stories come out over the lawnmower and all that. No worries, Mufti. All 100%. Jazakallah khair. Safe to work, inshallah. Barakallah. See you next week. Alaykum salam.